This is Inside Marketing, brought to you by Dentsu Aegis Network and Irish Times Media Solutions. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Inside Marketing. Uh, I'm joined today by Connor Murphy, who is CEO of Dentsu Consult. Welcome, Connor. Dave, thanks for having me. It's great to be in the new studios. Yeah, and no expense spared, as you can see from our studio. Um, it is looking fine. So we've talked quite a lot over the last few months about long-term and short-term marketing, and we've touched on you know silos and, and, and things that happen with that. A couple of weeks ago, we did one on purpose marketing, and the key point there was that purpose marketing doesn't really work when it's, when it's only owned by the marketing department, and I think that's a really big issue, and we talked quite a lot about that. And the point that we made back then was that the purpose of a business should transcend the marketing department, and it should really permeate culture and the corridors. And that just doesn't apply to social or cause marketing. It's really important that everyone in the business knows, believes and buys into what the brand and what the purpose is. And when we think about what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about a slightly different variation of that. And Connor, you wrote an article in the Irish Times today, and it's around the importance of, of a brand in inverted commas, shall we say, and how that should live outside marketing. So let's kick off there. I think it's fair to say that marketing is is probably far more important than it's given credit at the moment. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, you know, the base of the article comes from, you know, I believe that marketing is, is seen through too narrow a lens at times. It's It's often focused on what's the message that we're giving the customer. Uh, how do we want to portray ourselves to uh, as a business through advertising and comms? And that's the same whether you're a B2B company, B2C, whether you're talking acquisition or retention. But I think we're doing a massive disservice to the potential for marketing and brands in particular to supercharge organizations. My own personal view is I think marketing sits at a really interesting intersection between customer value and shareholder value. And as I said, I think when we think about the customer value all too much and not enough about shareholder value. And like, don't get me wrong, I, I fully believe that businesses need to have customer at the heart of everything that they do. And having a market orientated approach is really strong and can add huge benefits to the business. But I just think shifting some of that emphasis towards shareholder value can unlock enormous uh, potentials. Because what do shareholders do? What do they want? They're making bets on the future success of the Mm. company based on what they know today. And marketing can play a really important role in informing the decisions that they make. So powerful brands can drive loyalty. They can improve the effectiveness of sales teams. They can help you retain your best people. They can help you onboard staff quicker. So there's an abundance of things that brands can do that are important to running off the business and can demonstrate value to shareholders. And by the way, I don't think that in doing that, you sacrifice anything about adding customer value. Like if you don't have a really strong team because your churn is too high, well, mm-hmm. how are you going to meet customers' expectations? So I think they're intrinsically linked. Mm-hmm. And my firm belief is that organization's brand can be the single most important thing in connecting its strategy and objectives to all stakeholders, whether they're internal or external. Yeah, it's an interesting way of thinking about it because, and I agree, we're probably guilty of that ourselves. We, we tend to think about the brand as being an external um consumer facing expression or a logo or or you know the campaigns that we put out and i think i i totally agree with your sentiment um that i think what what you're saying is that the opportunity that of the power of a brand isn't fully exploited or developed beyond the marketing department is, is kind of what you're saying and it makes sense because as you point out in the article when you have specific departments, which which you have to have in companies, but when you have a specific department responsible, the danger is that they they assume sole custody of that area. So much like customer service example that you mentioned, I think I think it was the the Ritz Carlton that you mentioned. Yep. Um, that was a really really smart thing that they did, which was you know their view was that yeah you know we don't have a, a customer service department per se because 
everybody in the hotel is in customer service. It's everybody's job. And that was quite provocative because we took it down at an executional level. They didn't have a customer service desk, yep. um, I think you pointed out. And that's quite an interesting, and, and it may sound like that's quite a stretch at the moment, but I think when you when you follow that through, it's your salespeople, your, your people at the front line being responsible for the brand. So do you want to just... Yeah, well, I think that? I, what was interesting as well about the Ritz-Carlton uh, hotel company is they went further than that. So they actually gave a two grand bursary to each employee to be able to deal with the specific customer service issue then and there. So that really meant that they were saying one thing, but actually living and breathing it and delivering it as well, which I think is really important. And they made that commitment of putting that investment into customer service. And I think there's a lesson there for marketing departments. So obviously marketing departments have, you know, oftentimes been deemed as a cost. So Advertising is deemed as a cost. Marketing mm-hmm. activities are deemed as a cost. And there's been a good shift in the conversation with CFOs over the last number of years, moving it towards more investment. Mm-hmm. But I think CFOs are starting to realise that investment is just this dressed up word for cost. So I think mm-hmm. we need to start changing the conversations that we're having with CMOs. And I think, again, if we think of marketing and brand in the broader picture, we can unlock some really interesting conversations with CFOs. So if as marketers we can demonstrate the value that the brand brings to the business beyond more traditional metrics like engagement, NPS scores, then I think we're much more likely to get the support we need. And that means changing the metrics we look at. So, for example, it's well proven that if you've got a really clear employer brand proposition, mm. you know, staff can rally behind it, um, their churn rates are lower, staff attrition costs are lower. Well, why shouldn't then a marketing department, for example, have a role in achieving those metrics. So that's bringing value to the business that's above and beyond what is traditionally seen uh, that a marketing department should do. So that means changing the metrics so uh, that we look at for the marketing department. Mm -hmm. For example, it's well proven that by having a clear employer brand proposition that everyone buys into, it helps you retain your best people. So why shouldn't the marketing department have a metric that is linked to reducing the costs of high staff Mm -hmm. attrition? That could be keeping talent acquisition costs down. It could be hiring the right people quicker. It could Mm -hmm. be getting them onboarded and up to full productivity quicker. Mm -hmm. These are metrics that brands and marketing can have an influence over. And I just think that opens up a really interesting dialogue about the broader value that marketing can bring to the business and having a very different dialogue with the CFO as a result. Yeah, because it's a great example. I love that hotel example because, um, you know, they. what I forgot to say was that they kind of doubled down on service. That was their thing. They said, look, we can't compete on lots of different things, but our point of difference, our brand is going to be doubling down on customer service. And then, yeah, I'm sure they did some campaigns. I'm sure they actually had lots of stuff and strategies around that that was um, consumer facing. But to actually bring that right down and say we structurally change the way our business is set up, our departments, that kind of thing, I think worked really well. And it is interesting. I, I get the point about the brand can have more impact in in other areas, like making your brand more appealing, hiring the right people. And, and that ultimately could have a, a knock-on effect in reducing staff churn levels and that kind of stuff. But it, I think isn't it's a bit of a stretch, I think, if, if we're trying to task the marketing department with reducing staff churn as a metric, because a lot of that might be outside is a lot of that is outside their control and while i do think being more brand centric in hiring and uh, induction might be a positive thing to do it might be just too much of a stretch um but i definitely think there's more that the marketing team should do and that can resonate internally i mean i always think it's amazing you know this kind of when we talk about things we work with loads of different brands and loads of different agencies we're continually winning new clients and the amount of effort 
meetings, induction sessions, onboarding sessions that we have to go to, the amount of material we get from a client when we win them about lookbooks and, you know, brand guidelines and how you use a brand. It's staggering sometimes the amount of work that is done that the marketing department create on how the brand should show up. And yet I wonder how often or how much of that stuff is kind of given to employees and in induction when they onboard employees. I think that'd be quite an interesting job to do. Probably very little in the mm. reality. Uh, you know yourself when you're recruiting people, the, it's a hard enough task to get the right people in and then you're quickly trying to get them up to speed and straight into business mode. So oftentimes these things get overlooked. And, and you're right, look, it, the marketing department can't own that metric, but they can play a role in helping deliver that. You know, and one of the things that surprises me, um, you know, to a degree in, in relation to the marketing department and how sometimes it can get siloed within the organisation is if you compare it to other departments within the mm -hmm. business. So finance, for example, they're responsible for the budget, but they can't deliver the budget without everyone else's help. Yeah. And everyone else's objectives are intrinsically linked to helping deliver that overall budget. Similar with HR, they're responsible for culture and that'll be one of their main objectives. Yeah. But that doesn't just live within the HR department. Yeah. Everyone is part of that culture. So it's more the point that increasingly departments within the business are becoming more interlinked mm -hmm. and intertwined. And that opens up some dialogue that we need to have around what are the right metrics uh, that we need to have as a business and then how do they then filter down into the different departments. So... I just think that there's uh, there's there's a role that marketing can play in in helping to uh, address staff attrition costs. Mm -hmm. I also think that there's a role marketing can play in terms of helping drive innovation in the product uh, department, mm -hmm. for example. Again, making sure that you're looking at everything that marketing department knows about the customer, what they want, what they need, what are the latest trends can help inform innovation and product development. So it's just about joining up those dots across uh, different departments. Yeah, again, I've worked with loads, as have you, worked with lots of different clients. And, and I think there's there's some clients and, and companies where marketing really do have a voice at that table in terms of NPD and what the company should be great and right into new variants and that kind of thing. And then there's other clients where the marketing department are the people that you call when you want to put out a message and they're not really that plugged into to what's going on or, or they, they, they don't have much input into other areas. And I think it's quite an interesting point that you make because I think marketing and advertising is becoming increasingly under pressure. What well, I mean, the departments and we can measure so many things as an industry. I think we're focused on the bottom of the funnel type of activity and the outputs that we get that are easily measured. And I think fundamentally thinking about how marketing can make a difference internally is quite an interesting point of view. Mm -hmm. um, I do love that idea about frontline people being advocates and, and you know, I think it's really powerful, as you pointed out. You, you've talked about some numbers about the impact it has on business. But funnily enough, it just reminded me, we were chatting off air. I met a mate of mine a couple of weeks ago, and he's one of these people that he, he continually changes his um, his car insurance, gets quotes all the time. He's forever changing his, you know, he's with Sky one week, he's with Air next week for TV. He churns and changes all the time in the market. And yet when I spoke to him about his health insurance, he said, He'll never change that. And I, I thought it was really interesting. And I asked him why. And he said about five or six years ago, he got a call from one of the salespeople and the, the salespeople, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but they said, we're looking at your plan and um, we see you don't have kids and you're paying X amount of money. And based on your claim history and this kind of stuff, we think you're paying too much for your plan. And they basically- That never happens. And they talked him down. Honestly, they, they, he basically said they saved him. They moved him from plan A to B. And it ended up saving him 500 quid and he couldn't get his head around why yep. they would do this. And, you know, but now because they did that, 
he was like, well, I, I trust them that they're kind of always going to be looking out for me and, you know, I'll, I'll never change. And I, I think that's a brilliant example of, of the, the power it can be. Yeah, they might have lost a few hundred quid every year, but they've got a, probably a lifetime customer now, I think. Yeah, and that's, and as you say, in terms of your, all your staff being uh, frontline advocates, in particular your sales team, they're at the coalface uh, dealing mm. with customers or potential customers on a daily basis. Uh, and that's a really interesting story because, you know, they're putting the customer's interests at heart. Mm. They're obviously have a really clear agenda from their business. It's obviously what their brand is about in yeah. terms of being there for their customer and helping them out through difficult times. So I think that's really where you see a great symmetry between what they're doing in terms of marketing and then what has been delivered through the sales team. And mm. um, because there, to, to your point, there has been lots of research around how if your sales team aren't aligned to your brand, they can have significantly negative impact on brand perceptions where customers just won't buy from you again. But mm. that's a great example that you're given there of a business that really understands how to connect sales and marketing in a really compelling way. Mm. And so do you think do you think that all this, uh, well, should this be impacting how marketing departments are now being formed? Should clients look at how they structure their marketing departments? Um, think that's well, I think, I, I think some, some organizations are. You know, Mars Foods uh, amalgamated their sales and marketing teams and made it one department. And they did that because, you know, they bought into it as a business that, you know, marketing should have an influence over every decision that the business made. And obviously one of the critical ones is how they engage and drive growth through the retailers. And they believe that by putting a really strong brand at the heart of that and telling that story, not just through comms, but through their sales team, that they would see significant returns off the back of it. Broader than that, your your marketing functions are grappling with, you know, should technology be within their yeah. remit? As you say, should MPD be, be mm. within their remit? I mean, the right answer for that is down to the individual business, the size that they are, you know, uh, what are they looking to achieve? But I definitely think that the old ways of, you know, building departments within your organization needs to be examined. One of the critical things that drives successful businesses, Dave Ulrich, uh, he's a professor from the States, has done a lot of work on this, is the free flow of information between departments and how mm. that, that can actually unlock significant growth within your business. So, as I say, that opens an interesting debate around what should a marketing department look like and how, uh, and how best can it serve the business. Yeah, and that's a broad question. Uh, in your experience, because I, I think we, we'll touch on this for a minute, we've like the brand is so much more. Again, we're probably guilty of thinking in in campaigns and and that kind of thing. But it's not just that. Obviously, the importance of you know a client's website, consumer experience, all these things, as well as the, the sales um, staff. So I'm always surprised sometimes about how how disconnected a website is to you know the noise that a campaign makes out in market um, and do you think do you think clients do enough there do you think companies are doing enough there to make sure that it's more of a seamless experience for people i mean some do it really well and 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 some don't i mean um and we all have a we all have a role within that agencies clients etc etc so you know, I, I think the big thing is to, you know, a buzzword at the moment is authenticity, right? Mm, and everyone's yeah. talking about authenticity. Um, and yeah, look, it is a buzzword, but there's a lot of truth in what that's saying in terms of like, and you've you've spoken on the podcast before and you've written articles around purpose marketing yeah. and you've got to, you've got to stand behind what you do and that's got to, 
you know, be omnipresent across the business. Uh, and that's true. I mm. mean, that like, you know, we all, like, if you look at, take Ryanair as an example. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're trying to shift the dial to more customer uh, service at the moment. But for years, they lived and breathed on low-cost airlines. Mm. And that informed every decision that they made. Yeah. In terms of the pens they bought, the uniforms they bought, the marketing activities that they did. Scratch it, cards they sold. The scratch cards they sold. But it meant that there was consistency across every touch. So you knew what you yeah. were getting, right? Yeah. You knew what you were getting. And, you know, it was often told, I'm happy to I'm happy to put up with the scratch card selling because mm. I'm I'm getting there at a price that I'm really happy with. So I and think it was unashamed. They said it is what it is. That's what you get, that's exactly. what you buy. But you knew, I think it's a good point. You knew and sometimes the absence of speaking as a brand inadvertently creates a brand. So, yep. I mean, you, you are what you what you do, not what you say to a lot, a lot of the time. Exactly. And I think it's a good point about transparency and authenticity that I think the problem has been that advertising is just less effective now. So, I mean, it used to be pretty, um, you could spend lots of money on advertising. The biggest budgets tended to generate the, the highest market share. And it, you were much more in control of, of how people perceived you. And yep. I think now, for lots of reasons, um, proliferation of channels and you know lower attention it's just more transparency advertising campaigns just don't work as effectively as use anymore so you can't go out and say one thing and then contradict that in your behavior or your um the way you treat people you know even with glass door and that kind of thing so why do you think uh, marketing departments and marketing and brands don't have bigger say in organizations why do you think that's the case uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Without getting the, anybody in trouble. Yeah. I mean, the re- so look, the reality is some are and some aren't. Mm. Okay, The ones that aren't, I think it's about making sure that you're really aligned to what the business strategy is. Mm. Uh, and and you can look at it from two sides. So, you know, the CEO might say that marketing's not aligned to the business strategy and the CMO might say, well, we're not being brought in as right. part of the, the business strategy conversation. So yeah. then it's very hard to align the two. I mean, we're looking at it from the outside uh, in from an agency perspective. So the truth might be somewhere in the middle. So I think it's really interesting at your point, you're saying that, look, marketing should just have more influence over other parts of the business. Yeah, and I think there's a groundswell going on at the moment in terms of it is obviously, uh, it, it's a topic that's been well discussed. You know, we got, we're, we've the benefit of going to a lot of events and hear a lot of interesting people talk. Uh, it is top of the agenda with CMOs right now. You know, mm, even if we yeah. go back to the CMO survey that we did last year, right, yeah. and that interviewed a thousand CMOs around the globe. And the one thing that they were caught between is the need to deliver and optimize in the day-to-day versus, you know, being part of the transformation program. Mm. And that's, again, being part of the broader business strategy. And that's not too dissimilar to what we're talking about here. So it's making sure that the business realizes that the role and the benefit of marketing goes far beyond how we might traditionally view it or have viewed it in the past. And I think that's changed. Yeah. And I do just, and I think it's it's a really good point because it's not just about paid exposure to consumers. And I mentioned this off air, Connor, one of my favorite examples was when I went into Dublin airport and the staff there in, in McDonald's were wearing T-shirts that said, my boss is a clown. And I just thought it was a really nice thing, you know, because I immediately, um, you know, felt that it, the brand made me smile. And I think yep. that's what McDonald's is kind of what it tries to do a lot. Um, happy meal. Yeah. So uh, it, I just thought it was really nice. It was fun and it, it brought the brand to life a little bit. So we are out of time. Kira is signaling to say we're out of time. So I'm going to thank Connor Murphy for joining thank me today. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. 
Yeah, you made the long trip from 20 Down steps away. Yeah, so thanks for coming in. <laughs> and I'm going to say big thanks to Kira and Andrea on sound. And thank you to our partners in the Irish Science Media Solutions. So we're on a break for the next two weeks. So we'll be back in three weeks' time to talk about why display advertising gets such a bad rap. Until then, see ya. This is Inside Marketing, brought to you by Dentsu Aegis Network and Irish Times Media Solutions.